Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Samma Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Samma Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Samma Sambuddhasa Buddha Dhamma Sangam Namasami Tonight, I'd like to ask you to reflect on what you would like to do during this retreat, what you would like uh, to understand or to open your heart to. And so try to think of the things in your life that are challenging that you would like to let go of and the things in your life that are supportive that you would like to develop more and more. You can also contemplate what the far goal is. But what's important for us is to realize, just like when somebody wants to cross a river, we want to cross over the stream or cross over the ocean of samsara. So that's a very big gap, a, a large distance, a great aspiration. But right now we're here where we are. That's perhaps the place that we like being, or we may not like it, or we both like it and don't like it. And that's how it is, just like the food that we receive in our alms bowls. The alms bowl gets full and then it gets empty again. It gets full and it gets empty. Every day it keeps changing. We don't know what we're going to receive. We don't choose what we receive. But whatever it is, whether it's a lot or a little, we like it or we don't like it, we try to reflect every day on the meal. This is a blessing. Not, why am I getting this? Or why do I have to eat this? Because in the spiritual life, everything is there to teach us. Even the empty bowl is a teaching. The full bowl is a teaching. And life is just like that. It's like a bowl of offerings that keep changing. Sometimes what life offers us is beautiful and it fills us with joy. Sometimes life offers us something that's not so beautiful and we get upset. But the purpose of this practice is to receive whatever life offers us and learn to receive it with a heart that is unruffled, unagitated, undeterred from present moment awareness. 
No, it's very challenging to do that. We had a big event here today. Those of you that have been to Satisarnia Hermitage will remember perhaps a giant elm tree that was growing behind the main house. Huge elm tree, widespreading with a great arc of shade and a home for many birds and creatures. It's been here ever since we first came. And today, sadly, it was cut down. It started to die about three years ago of Dutch elm disease, and finally it died. And the branches were beginning to fall down. So just like when the body dies, we don't keep the body. A tree standing too long dead near a house becomes dangerous because it loses branches. So we have a friend who took this tree down in a most beautiful way, in a most loving and tender way. And we watch the branches little by little coming down, how skillfully he did that. And now there's an empty space there. Well, not quite. There's, there's quite a few bits of chopped branches that still have to be taken away. But this is life. First we have the tree, then we don't have the tree. We have shade and then we don't have shade. And these are conditions that are not within our control. Now we have a body. Now the body works. After some time, the body may not work the way we're accustomed to. So we adapt ourselves, we adjust ourselves. And so it is in the practice. It's to learn to adjust to the changing nature of things and to learn to work with what comes up in the mind and to always bring up that perception of impermanence regarding everything. But the impermanence is not the problem. The fact that the tree was there and we loved it and we couldn't hold on to it and now it's gone is not the problem. The problem is our lack of understanding of the nature of the world and the nature of things. So we're not here to hold on to anything. And this is something to be reckoned with, something to deeply fathom and understand. We don't want to cut down trees. We don't want to let the body go without having used it for its intended purpose. Well, what is that intended purpose? Many of us believe that sense gratification and being comfortable in life, having pleasure, maybe getting rich, getting famous, being very successful in our careers, Many people think that is the purpose, have a family, find, find your soulmate, or find your true identity, fulfill yourself. But in the spiritual life, we're looking a little deeper. So in the meditation practice, 
What's important is to set our, our sights on what we want out of this practice. What do we actually want to understand? Do we want to understand the meaning of life? Do we want to understand our purpose of life? Or do we want to free ourselves from suffering? Do we want peace? And what does that mean? But right now, we have to learn how to study the mind and the body and their relationship and study how we are in the world day by day and how we can cross that ocean of samsara and use the mind, the understanding that we can develop through the mind to travel this path. The mind sits in the body and the body is our essential container here on this earth. Our sense media enable us to function, to live, to eat, to take the alms bowl and eat from it, wash it and put it away. And then we sit down and we use this metaphor of the alms bowl. We look at the contents of consciousness and study how consciousness empties and fills through the various sense media day by day and how we respond. How do we use precepts in crossing this ocean to realize the ending of suffering? Once we set on our journey, we can't look at the other side of the ocean. We have to look at where our little boat is right now. Where are we today? How are we responding to what is here in front of us? And so this is why the Buddha instructs us to set attention, aim mindfulness towards that which is in front. It doesn't mean that which is in front of our nose, but to attend to that which is foremost in consciousness. And so we choose a worthy object, something that we're not attached to in particular. So we use the breath, that's a very easy object. You can also focus on your belly, the breathing at your belly or on the whole body. You can begin with the whole body. You can focus on the sound of silence. There are various objects that we can use, but this helps us to set our sights on a far goal and then use that which is near to us to aim in that direction. The Buddha gives the example of a tree. We use the tree not the tree that fell down today or that was cut down, but a tree that is growing in the forest. If the tree faces east, that tree, when it falls, it will likely fall to the east. If it's leaning towards the east, it will fall to the east. So if we lean our minds in the direction of Nibbana and we intend direct ourselves towards freedom, from attachment, freedom from suffering, freedom from clinging to anything in this world so that we can develop the peace of heart that we long for. We can develop the full potential of this human mind. Then with that intention, 
we know that if we keep directing our minds towards that, that is where we will arrive. If not now, then maybe in a few lifetimes. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It matters that we direct the mind well. Then we have to learn how to navigate. And learning how to navigate, we use the five faculties. We develop faith. We have to trust that we're in a worthy boat. What kind of a boat is it? And then we choose this, the particular map. The Buddha offers us a map of consciousness. This is a, a path. It's the Eightfold Noble Path. We have to trust that. It has eight limbs. We have to be aware of them, learn them, and develop them one by one. The eight limbs of the path, you may know, begin with right view. And right view means that we know what direction we're going. So we choose to lean our boat in the direction of Nibbana, not in the direction of hell realm. Now, what does the mind do when we lean in the direction of ill will or hatred? What does the mind do when we get caught up with sense gratification? What does the mind do when we ignore the precepts? How do we feel when we've harmed somebody or we harm ourselves? How do we feel when people mistreat us? So there's something very important for us to understand on this journey. There's so much, it's very hard to cover in such a short time, go very deep into the eight limbs of the path or the five faculties or the four establishments of mindfulness and all the things that we need to think about and contemplate to be able to set our sights on reaching the other shore. I'd like to use this beautiful contemplation offered by an 11th century Zen master, Master Kuyan. A monk asked the master, what is the place where a student is empowered? And Master Kuyan says, a thousand days chopping wood but burning it all in a single day. What is the place where a student is empowered? So how do we, how do we get this, this little boat that seems so entangled in the world, that seems so caught up in memories and in plans and in the confusion and, and in all the bad news and in fear of getting sick, the fear of losing our jobs, the fear of not being able to support our families, the fear of losing our, our homes, our old grudges, our old quarrels and disputes, our current quarrels and disputes, our future quarrels and disputes, the future quarrels and disputes of the world, the situation in the world, 
the changing of the climate, the melting of the glaciers, whatever the mind is worried about, fearful of, angry at. Seems like there are mountains of fear, anger, and hatred going on around us and in us. So how can we empower our minds? And the master says, chopping wood for a thousand days, what this means is our whole life we're busy doing this, doing that, to prevent ourselves from suffering, to keep fear out, to fight anger, to get what we want, to buy, to acquire, to accumulate. Chopping wood, we're busy, 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 doing what we think is gonna make us happy. And then, in one day, we burn it all. We burn it all. The freedom that we're really looking for, the freedom from anger, the freedom from ill will, the freedom from negativity, the freedom from old age sickness and death, is to understand that there is no one there who is angry. And there is no enemy to be angry at. That we're just playing in a theater of the mind. And if we understand all these phenomena that appear in consciousness as actually empty and see that we are playing a fool's game. And by letting it go and seeing through the emptiness of this delusion that we're caught in, we touch and glimpse that freedom that we long for. We may touch it even for a moment when we study the mind and breathe in and out so many times, a million breaths, a million times over many, many retreats for decades, and we still feel caught. But in a single moment, we have a view into the emptiness of all phenomena because we realize their impermanence, that that is their nature, and that is even the nature of consciousness. This is like the nature of the tree to rise and fall, the nature of the body to rise and fall, the nature of the bowl to be filled and to be emptied, the nature of this life to be born and to end, to die. So too, every thought is born, it lasts for a while and it dies. Why do we cling to it? Because of ignorance. But when we burn it all up in one moment of illumination, when the fire of wisdom lights up the mind with radiant discernment. We see through our delusion and we realize the power of this moment, of this one moment of realization, realizing the truth of how things really are. Then the tree falls down and we see the beauty of the empty space. It's empty. Actually, the cutting of the tree is a great teaching for us. 
The space that was full is now empty. It doesn't mean the tree was never there, but the shade that we received from the tree is not the shade that we want to keep. The shade that we want to keep is the shade of the truth in our own hearts. And what we want to burn are the defilements in the mind. There are our greed, our ill will, our restlessness, our anxiety, our weariness, our exhaustion, and our doubt. All these poisons of the mind that create the weather that deludes and blinds us to see things as they truly are and to know the peace that is already there within us. We just have to empty the mind of all the rubbish and rest in pure awareness. In fact, there is no distance from that which we long for. It is already there. That's why Master Quian says, a thousand days chopping wood, but burning it all in a single day, in a single breath, we can realize that emptiness. Right now, today. But it does take some disentangling. It takes some sawing and chopping. It, it was the, quite a lot of hard work and effort and planning and strategy for that tree to come down without harming anyone. We were amazed at the skill of Arnold who took it down. How gently he worked with it, how deeply he understands wood. If we understand the nature of the mind, we will work with it with so much mindfulness and care, with so much tenderness and love, that we will be able to open our hearts to the present moment in a way that will release us from all the poisons of the mind right here and now in this present moment. We don't have to move or go anywhere at all. We just have to lean inwardly towards enlightenment and the mind will be radiant already. But the work of doing that is a deep work and we, we need the map. We need the compass. We need the determination. We need the commitment. We need the trust. We need the faith. We need to let go of so much. We need to burn up so much to be able to touch the inner fire, which is the fire that burns up everything so that we are cooled and only ashes are left. Only the logs cut down, the branches, the twigs, the pieces are left. All, and they're valuable. All the pieces of our life have led us, have brought us to this teaching. So we value them. Every friend, every difficult relationship, every disappointment, every disease that we've had, every knock, every impact of this life and of so many lives have finally brought us to a place where our true potential can be fulfilled will be fulfilled, is being fulfilled, because we learn how to listen, how to breathe, how to open, how to be present, 
how to love, how to bear compassion to every single phenomenon that arises in the mind because it is conditioned and we can let it go. Let it be. Free. Free. Free at last, as Martin Luther King so boldly proclaimed. So I thought that would be something for you to reflect on tonight.